and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hayley is the founder of a new online store called Red Bearer Question. And I thought it'd be really great to have Hayley on today because she, um, she's got a couple of strings to her bow. Um, but she also is just one of the kind of entrepreneurs that I love to find out more about and pick the brains of because she's done a lot of different things. She's very resilient. She's able to quick change stuff when she needs to. She can see the opportunities. She's a real kind of um, solution focused person. So welcome, Hayley. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Um, and we're just going to have a chat today about kind of you and what you've been up to and your story and, and you know, like how Red Bearer Questions evolved, what your, your children's confidence stuff's all about. And, and you're also a very busy mumpreneur, if you, uh, if you use that term. Oh, I think you've frozen. Oh, no. Oh, I think I have lost you. Hayley. Oh, we've lost Hayley for a moment. That's not ideal, is it? Oh. Um, oh, you're back. <laughs> that's the first time that's happened of all. I think I've done 23 Q&As now. The first time I've been talking to someone that haven't responded. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know what you heard there. Um, no, you were quiet for quite a long time. That's unusual. Okay, no, I was just saying that... Um, we're going to have a chat today about your story and the things that you've done and find out a little bit about you because you're a, um, if you coin the phrase, a mumpreneur, busy mum of three um, and an entrepreneur. So welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Hayley, and, and what came to bring you to be where you're sat today, really. Hi. So I have, like you said, a few different businesses and had always wanted a horsey business. I've got three horses and I felt it would be a really good reason to help me get a few more. You know, <laughs> I know it'd be a really good excuse. I need one to be in photographs. So I have got a couple of horsey businesses, but my latest one is Red Bear. So about six months before all of the lockdown stuff started, um, I was looking at buying another equestrian business. And it had stuff in it, it had products that I loved. And so we made her an offer on the business. And although it wasn't officially for sale, she came back and agreed. And that was amazing. And we were really, really excited until just before lockdown when she said, I'm really sorry, I don't want to sell anymore. By which point I sort of got my heart set on the fact I was going to have this new equestrian business and it was going to be amazing. And one of my other businesses was set to launch a new service. Um, but it involved children riding. And so as lockdown came, happened and my daughter wasn't riding and I just didn't feel it sat right with me to be encouraging other kids to be around their ponies. I felt that was more of a parent's perspective. So that was put on hold. And because I'd already got it in my head that it would be a really good idea to have this new equestrian business that had loads of beautiful homeware that I'd already found. And um, I sort of had a couple of glasses of wine and decided to email a few suppliers <laughs> And by the morning, I'd already tied myself into it, so it was going to happen. And um, so it's been amazing. We're going to have homeware, jewellery and fashion, and lots of it is exclusive to us. It's been a long, hard journey because a lot of the manufacturers we're working with are running on really skeletal staff. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing, and I'm really excited, and I'm finally getting the equestrian business that I have been wanting to do. So tell us a bit more then about what the equestrian business that you've always wanted is. What, what was it that drove that? What, what's that really about for you? I love working with retail products. 
Um, and my other businesses are all service-based. And I had a retail product business. I've owned a business selling children's toys, and we manufactured and sold those. And I sold that in November last year. And categorically said, that's it, I'm never doing another product business again. Much to my husband's relief, he was like, that's great, you'll go back to being like a normal human. Um, and then I've obviously been drawn back into it. I love, I've got so many horsey things. I know you can only see my kids behind me, but if I was in my living room, I've got a whole wall of my living room dedicated to horse pictures. And every other thing in my house is to do with horses. And so it just made sense to me that I wanted to be able to buy lots of things that I loved and share them with other people. Um, and I years ago had a jewellery business, which I sold about seven years ago now. And so it's lovely that I can bring back all those skills from when I had my jewellery business into this new business. Um, and the reason the jewellery business came about was because I was told I wasn't allowed to buy any more jewellery. So I decided if I bought wholesale and made it myself, there could be no complaints. And it's a bit like why this one's come about, because actually if I can sell my house with gorgeous horsey things and have all this beautiful clothing that I love, and the jewellery that I love, but it's actually just coming out of my office and upstairs into the house. My hubby can't really complain. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid you ever start a horse business with actual horses then. If this is how these businesses evolve, you just end up with loads of things that you love. So, you know, why not have a yard full? <laughs> well, I'm looking at moving next year into a bigger house with the horses at home because at the minute they're five minutes down the road. And all the houses we've looked at so far have four stables and we've only got three at the moment. My daughter keeps going, well, that means we need another one because that stable would feel left out. So she's clearly going the same way I am. <laughs> That's brilliant. So tell us then a little bit about, you know, what it is that you love about business and particularly, you know, retail business and things. What is, what is it about that, that that drives you? I mean, obviously filling your house with lovely stuff, I get that completely. I mean, who wouldn't? But, you know, what is it about selling goods to people that, that fills you with joy? I just love the feedback. So I love the fact that all the businesses I have, getting up in the morning, I love doing them. There was nothing worse than when you did a nine to five and you just don't want to get out of bed. And you just dread Mondays, whereas now I love it. Even in lockdown, I am absolutely, I'm getting up like two hours before the kids so I can work because I don't get anything done during the day. They've all been like blackmailed to oblivion for me to get on and do this in peace. So it's amazing. I love the fact that I love getting up and doing stuff. And the feedback and the photos I quite often will get customers sending me pictures. And when I had the children's toy business over Christmas, we got some gorgeous photos to do of kids opening their presents and just the joy on their faces because everybody loves, even if it's something you've ordered yourself, if you get it in nice packaging and unwrap it, it's just a nice treat. And I love the fact that I get to give people that opportunity. I think now everyone's so miserable because we're all stuck inside. You know, you used to go out with friends and stuff for a treat and now that's like takeaway is the biggest treat we can get. And so I keep ordering bits online just so I have like this little bit of joy popping through the door. And I think Do you know what, recently, because things have taken a bit longer to get here, I've ordered things online and then I've forgotten I've ordered them. And then it's like, oh, what's this package? I've forgotten I even have that. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> I'm really the same. So sorry, I interrupted you there. So yes, yeah, so you were saying that, that that's what you love. and, and... Yeah, It's just nice to be able to bring that bit of joy and let somebody else have that treat because quite often you know that's the only thing that we really do for ourselves is those little purchases or we do for our horses and things and it's nice just to get those bits through post that are all packaged up nicely and feel like a bit of luxury 
So what makes red, red, sorry, red bear? Um, what makes red bear different then? Because there's lots of sort of home style yeah. and things like that, aren't there? You know, what makes you different? So everything I sell has all been tested to death by me and my kids. <laughs> so if I don't love it and I wouldn't use it, it doesn't get sold. All the designs have been done for us. So a lot of the clothing that we're going to be doing has slogans on it and they've all been done for us by an amazing manufacturer that's doing them. Um, we have some other clothing items that we are already looking to launch at the end of summer, which again has the exclusive design. All the jewellery is handmade for us. Um, the homeware are all exclusive designs. We've got a couple of pieces that are sold in a couple of the boutiques, but most of it's exclusive. As soon as manufacturing properly opens up again, hopefully June, maybe, um, we have had some fabric designs that have been hand-drawn by my husband. Um, that again will be exclusive to us. So although there'll be a few pieces that you'll be able to get in other smaller boutiques, majority, 99% of the stuff is exclusive to us. And it's all stuff that as a mum, I'm a genius because I think sometimes you buy stuff for the house and you're so scared the kids are going to knock it over. And I've got two boys and a girl and they're all a bit rough and tumble because they've been outside and they've been around the horses and they bring that now. So it's all stuff that you could have in a family home. The clothing's all stuff that you could go to the gym in, you could do the school run, you could go and do the horses in. You're not going to feel like you've got to keep it for best. Because I've bought some of that stuff thinking it looks gorgeous online, the models look amazing, and then you get it and it's so pristine and gorgeous. And you never wear it and it's all sat in the back of my cupboards because my horses are disgustingly filthy within like 30 seconds of being cleaned. So I don't wear it around them unless I'm going to the show. I won't wear it around the kids because one of them will touch me. And by the time I've been on the school run, I usually go out with the dog and the horses. So it's a vicious cycle. I've got these gorgeous things that I went west. So I wanted to make sure that everything was actually useful by mums with kids. And if you've got, you know, we've got three dogs. You know, it's all got to turn up to family life. I love that because um, if anyone's ever seen my lives, they'll see that I've got a 10-month-old. He's nearly 11 months now, actually. He keeps growing. Uh, Sproodle. Uh, mad. Spaniel Poodle. Absolutely love him. But yeah, like, you know, like I get, I kind of get this whole you can't keep things clean renarchy now. Um, and I love a pair of white jeans, but I don't think I've ever been able, I haven't been able to put one on for, well, clearly 11 months at least, probably, unless I'm going somewhere where he's not coming with me. Yeah. Um, and I kind of maybe maybe I'm starting to understand the mum thing now. You know, I don't have kids myself, but I think I think having a, a small child like that around really a bouncy one that jumps up on you as well. You know, no matter what we do, no matter what we do, he still likes to have a little launch. Um, you know, you want to be able to wear things and have stuff that you're not precious about because it's about lifestyle, isn't it? It's about living with things. Yeah, and again, all the clothing, like I said, can be worn school run, gyms, riding. It's I quite often will buy like jumpers thinking they look lovely to ride in. And the minute I sit on a horse, they ride halfway up my back and they're really uncomfortable. Um, I had a really bad accident and so now I'm quite obsessed with I'll always wear a body protector. And I can't stand them right up under my body protector. I look so uncomfortable. They're all slightly longer so you can ride in them. It's the little practical things like that. But actually, unless you've got horses and you ride, you wouldn't think about. My hubby quite often buys me clothes and goes, they're great for riding. And I'll look at it and go, not because I can't get like a thick coat on or a body protector or like all these little things that you don't think of or they're going to annoy me when the gloves fit and all those things we've already thought about. 
So tell me a little bit more then about what it's like to be a mum with busy businesses and things, because, you know, I'm fascinated by this at the moment because you never know. Let's see. Might have to do it one day. <laughs> so I'm always fascinated by, you know, amazing ladies like you that actually managed to like three kids and a business and horses and all this stuff. You know, I can just about manage day to day taking the dog for a walk, quite frankly. You know, <laughs> how do you do it? Called organised chaos. And it is quite often, you know, I will get clients message me and say, I haven't laid on, look so calm and like you've got it all under control. And I'm like, I really don't. There are some days where it's all under control and some days where it's really not. But at the moment, it's fairly routine. But I think because we've been forced into like that lockdown situation, so I'm working for a couple of hours in the morning, homeschooling three kids or morning, and then afternoon tends to be sort of more horses, dogs bit more chilled out and then I wait for like an hour on an evening but usually because my career at school I'm quite lucky so when I first started out I was asking I was going to work all day that the kids were at school and then I fell into this trap of thinking I could go riding when they're at school in peace I could go out for a walk with the dog I could meet a friend for a coffee and like be a proper person again and so I tend to do about three or four hours while I'm at school and then spend a couple of hours either at the yard or nipping out and seeing a friend just to get that balance. Otherwise, you get pulled into that trap of it just being kids' businesses and nothing else. And you don't do anything for you. And I think that's the most important thing. If you don't do anything for you, you end up feeling very lost amongst the whole thing. <laughs> And is that a little bit then as well about why you like to have nice things and do, you know, things for you and wear nice stuff that you can feel good in as well? So it's just a little bit of something for you, a little treat to add to that kind of like look after everyone else all the time. Yeah, otherwise you lose yourself a little bit, especially sort of when you have children, you just become somebody's mum. It's a bit like when you get married or same so wife. You just, you sort of like lose a little bit of yourself each time. I can't remember the last time somebody referred to me by my actual name. You know? <laughs> Usually it's followed by Anne Simpson's mum or Anne the one with that pony that trashed everything. And, you know, <laughs> it's never like just me as a person. So it's quite nice to just do things for you and have little bits for you that are just a little bit special. Like I know that sort of every six weeks I go out with friends. And we go out early on, have a couple of drinks, bite sweet, and we're all home fairly early because we've all got kids. But it's nice just to like have that interaction with somebody else. And it's the same, we all spend so much money on like our animals and our kids. It's nice just to sort of spend a little bit on us for a change because we forget about ourselves so easily. So what would your advice be then about, because it sounds like you've got quite a nice kind of balance and, you know, I, I never think there's there's always balance. I think sometimes it tips the other way and you've got to catch it and bring it back and it the other way and you've got to catch it and bring it back. So you're always doing this, aren't you? There's there's no, there's no such thing as a real balance that's always just like that. You've always got to catch it, catch it, catch it. What would you say, though, that your tips would be to any, any um, you know, people out there who want to launch a business or have got a business and have got kids and busy lives and horses and all these things which I know loads of our listeners and the people watching are what would be your tips for them do you think about how you do keep a balance you've got to really want it and you've got to really really want it because if not when it gets really tough it's too easy when you're doing it for yourself to just throw in the towel sometimes and say oh, it didn't work or oh, this has been a really bad month, so actually maybe it's just not meant to be. You've got to really want it and really believe in it. You've got to have your kids on board. So my kids all know what I do. They all know why I do it. 
And they're on board with everything. So even the businesses that I have that aren't sort of child friendly, they're still on board with it. They understand what I do. They describe it in some very obscure ways at school sometimes when they're asked, but they do all know what I do. And so I think that's really important because if you've got them on board, even from a young age, you can explain a little bit more. Like even when mine were toddlers, I could explain a little bit that, you know, mummy just had to talk on the phone for five minutes. You know, they get a little bit of it. So having them on board, making sure you've got the balance so you're doing stuff for you. So I always make sure I take time out, even if it's just to like go for a bath with the door locked so no one walks in. <laughs> you know, the little things. Um, just doing something for you. And I make sure as well that I get up every morning like I said, before the kids get some work done. But I do things like just having a coffee and peace when it's still hot. And um, I meditate and do little things like that and visualisation and stuff like that that's so important for me. I know when I don't do it, I know that I get ratty and it's making sure you still do those little things. So I know for a lot of people it's exercise. That's not my thing. <laughs> my horses are my exercise, that's it. But I've got a lot of friends who would rather sort of skip their morning coffee to make sure that they've got like 15 minutes exercising to making sure that you just get that time every day to do something for you. Because you're a better parent and you're much better in business if you've got that balance and you feel better. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's, it's always about that, isn't it? It's, it's the sum of the little things that makes the difference. It's not the big stuff. It's the little things that you do yeah. daily, really, that make the big difference. And so moving on then to something a little bit different is I know your background is in confidence and particularly confidence with kids. So tell us a little bit then about how that's evolved and and how because I don't I don't like confidence with kids. I don't I don't really get kids, to be honest. Maybe one day I will. We'll see um and I think you know I work much better with adults and and doing I mean don't get me wrong I'm a big kid but um tell me about how you do this to kids then because presumably it's not just on the horse is it or is it no no majority is starting from the ground so my background um up until I sort of decided to just work for myself was always within early years so child development early years teaching I was part of the social care team for a lot of time um I worked with kids in various different guises for about 17 years. And up until this year, um, I had another business where I still worked with children within schools and nurseries offering consultancy. And then seven, yeah, seven and a half years ago now, I had a really bad horse riding accident. It was not my horse I want to caveat this with. <laughs> um, the horse had a really bad undisclosed back problem. And so I got on it and it turned into the buckaroo like nothing on earth that you've ever seen it was and it was about like 18 and a half hands high so it wasn't even a small horse and um, so i eventually came off thinking I've, I've been practicing falling for like 30 years i'm going to do this properly i know i'm going to break my leg i'll be all right i thought the questions do it's fine i know how to fall i'll be all right and i didn't i completely if you imagine a polo and hit it with a hammer that is what i did to my pelvis i damaged my legs and my back i had a really blue count look Sort of fast forward a couple of years down the line, and I was totally recovered, thankfully, thanks to an amazing surgeon. But during my recovery, he contacted me and said, Look, I want to set up a charity for trauma victims, and I want you to be involved. You've overcome, like we told you, potentially you'd never walk again. You've overcome a lot, we'd like to be involved. And that's really where it started because a lot of my mindset work I'd already been doing because he'd already said to me during my recovery, You know, you need to work on your mindset, that's going to be the difference between you walking okay and you get back on your horses and living a normal life so i'd already been doing that and then he said you know we need you to come and do like a couple of talks on confidence so i'm 
well, yeah, all right, go on then, I'll do that. And then a couple of years I've been doing that. And then I was driving down the road one day where my accident had happened. And I had this horrendous flashback. And I was like, I just can't, I can't drive any further. And from then I spent about eight months totally having flashbacks, horrible visions, for absolutely no reason. So I decided I was going a little bit mad. Um, and eventually somebody sort of went, actually, it's just normal, but no one really talks about it. And it happens across the board. And the more I looked into it, the more I learned about it. And I started doing some natural horsemanship stuff. And then I got a phone call. Once I'd started to come to the end of it again off the charity, who said, look, we've got a group of people who've had horse riding accidents who need some help. Um, would you come in and sort of give them a bit of coaching and support them with just being able to be near their horses? They don't have to get back on them. So I was like, yeah, I can pull something. I'll pull some stuff together. I've got sort of a couple of contacts and we'll work together and put a programme together. So that's exactly what we did. And I really enjoyed it. And so I did more and more qualifications around it and more and more stuff. And then I was approached to do some stuff with kids. I thought, actually, do you know what? That's such an untapped resource because my eldest, he's on that side of me, he now isn't that tiny, he's now 18, <laughs> was fine around horses until the day I had my accident and had a complete meltdown, and he never got back on a horse up until about two years ago. And it was only because of the work we'd done with him, and so it's just evolved naturally because of stuff I've done with my own kids and stuff I've done with other people. And the more I've done bits with other children, the more I've found other people coming and going, well, actually, there's nothing there for kids. Everyone focuses on adult trauma, but actually, we just expect our kids to fall off ponies and we chuck them back on and it's fine. I thought, yeah, I've been guilty of that in the past as well before my accident. No, you're fine. Get back on the bounce. It's okay. And um, I think it's just that little forgotten pocket that we don't really think about because we think about ourselves as adults. We fall off. We don't want to get injured because if we get hurt, we can't work, we can't pay the bills. Kids don't. So we just pick them up and put them back on again. You don't actually think that even if they're not injured, the mental impact that that's having. And some of the kids I've worked with, it's not even been their fault, it's been their parents' fault, like I said, my son, that's impacted on them, that actually, they're absolutely fine, on face value, you wouldn't think anything of it, but they've had a close family member, friend, who have had a fall, and that sort of set off that path of anxiety, but they don't want to say, actually, I'm really scared, I'm just going to fall and hurt myself, so they do all these, like, ridiculous things to get out of my day, and it's just evolved naturally, but I love working with kids. And it sort of brings you back to stuff that I've done for years. So it's really nice. Isn't that so lovely, though, when, I mean, things happen to us in life. And I know that you've got this kind of um, attitude of you learn from it. And, you know, it will have happened for a reason and you grow from it and things like that as well. But things happen to us in life sometimes that are there to push us where we should go as long as we're open to that idea. And, you know, there you are, your background and kids and all these things. And then something happens to you and, and that puts you in the right place at the right time, although it probably didn't feel like it at that time. Um, and look at what a journey it's been. And I just love hearing people's journeys for that exact reason. It's like you're getting a nudge from somewhere of like, come on, actually, you need to be over here right now. And as long as you listen to that, then the opportunities that open up are just unbelievable, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely and I love the fact that actually you were saying there that, you know, kids can can face trauma and, and have trauma and things because of something that's happened to a parent or a close friend or something like that. But it's the same with adults as well is, you know, like some of my clients are, are the way they are, um, because actually, you know, something awful happened to their best mate on a hack or something, you know. And and so so when we talk about trauma, it's, it's a funny old thing, isn't it? We tend to think trauma is 
PTSD or something horrendous yeah. like sexual trauma or something awful or something like that. And actually, um, it's not. It is just a case of you, you've been through something that was in your mind. You can't cope with it. You can't get away from it. You can't control it. You can't you couldn't deal with it in that situation. And, and it puts you in freeze mode. And, you know, that doesn't have to have been to you. No. Um, and I think a lot of what's going on at the moment with COVID and things like that is is actually it's triggering people's traumas because we are being controlled in that respect, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, so my, what? Go on. I was just saying, my daughter, we stopped. I said it earlier on that we stopped her riding quite early on, and um, not that her pony has ever done anything naughty, but I just decided that. From a parental point of view, if she fell off and twisted her wrist or something like that, I'd just rather not have to take her for an x-ray. Um, and we couldn't go and visit them for three weeks anyway because the people we rent our yard from are elderly. They live on site and they just wanted those three weeks. So we were in a proper lockdown without anyone on. Um, and actually, we went up to go and ride about four days ago and she had a meltdown. And I was like, what's going on? I've lunged a pony. You've seen that she's so good. We're fine. And she was like, I just can't do it. I'm so scared that if I fall off, I'm going to go to hospital and get coronavirus. You've fallen off once. Over the pony's neck, it was your own fault. You decided to, like, hoik yourself forward in canter. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. We're only going to walk and trot. You can stay on a lead rope. You can walk. You just wouldn't get on. And it's taken us sort of the last three days of going up and seeing her being exercised. And she's finally coming around. She went, oh, I might sit on her next week and do around the world. Okay, so we're going to do really little steps, but it is, it's that perceived trauma that actually, you know, I will quite happily get on mine, and he's an absolute nutcase now, in a controlled environment, but because of everything she's been fed through the media, she's terrified to get on. And I think that's really key, actually. Um, one of the things I'm currently putting together, and I, I'm going to ask for your input for it, I'm just telling you that live now in front of everyone, um, is a, um, a challenge, uh, it'll probably be a 30-day challenge, um, about how to get back into writing. So, um, you know, I want input from loads of different people about their thoughts about easing back into it for that reason, because it's not a case of just getting back on and going for it. For a lot of people, you know, it, it, we've, we've been we've either not been able to see them at all or we've been very limited on what we could do. Um, you know, it is not just a case of hop back on and you'll go from where you left off. It's been two months for some people before yeah. they've even been able to ride. And we've got to look at the horse's perspective as well. But, you know, even for, so the great thing about kids, isn't it, is that they don't they don't although they will cover things up like you say and and you know come up with all sorts of funny strategies it's not because they're consciously doing that it's just the yeah. way that that they're doing things but with adults we will consciously come up with oh, i was going to say something naughty then so terrible excuses things that we know aren't actually you know true but we say them anyway things that we think people think we ought to be saying and all that kind of stuff whereas at least with kids they're real most of the time aren't they yeah most of you know what comes out their mouth is completely honest even if it's not what you want to hear most of the time. But usually, even if it takes a little while, they're quite quick to open up and be honest about stuff. Whereas adults will sort of put out what they think they should put out and what they can to cover it up in a lot more, not almost manipulative way to try and get out of what they don't want to do. So this is why I like working with kids because you can get quite straight to the point answers quite quickly. That must be really refreshing actually. <laughs> be a lot quicker it is a lot quicker so if you were to work with some kids tell us then about how you would sort of do it and what you would kind of do then because you said a lot of it sort of on the ground and things is it yeah. 
So a lot of the work that I do with children, a lot of the time they have the trust in the pony and their ponies that haven't particularly done anything wrong a lot of the time. A lot of the time it's either been falls that has been just one of those things or it's been something that's been impacted from outside onto them. So it's a form that's not involved in. So quite often we start with a lot of sort of little chats and games and we do like colourings, that's in littler ones, and we'll talk through, we do like what's called stories. So we work through and build stories together about things that have happened and what might happen and look at what you can do to change the ending. We do a lot of mindset work. So again, exactly the same as what I would do with adults where we look at sort of visioning and things like that. And they'll record their own and we'll talk through different strategies. Um, I will sometimes go down and work with them as a pony there as well. But quite often, if they're at a distance, I have a lot of clients that are down south and I'm in North Yorkshire. Um, so we'll do something, I'll give the parents exercises to do with them if they're confident or I'll chat with them, liaise with their instructor if it's not the parents that are talking to them. And it's all about taking really little steps. Kids will quite often tell you what they're happy doing. And as an adult, and I've done it with mine because you get really frustrated that you've tacked that pony up and they've sat on it for three minutes and got off. It's really easy to force them almost into doing something else. Just one more walk around, just sit, just quickly do a trot. Do a trot and you can get off the pony. But actually we don't realise the harm that we're doing. The child might do it and the child might look fine doing it. And some kids actually need that push. But a lot of them don't, and a lot of them then come off that, and it's been a really negative experience. It's all about taking really little steps and making everything very positive. And going at their pace, some kids move a lot quicker than others. Some, they will sit on that pony for a minute and then have to get off, and they will do that for a week. And so we also work with the parents, who are going to be having the ones who are stuck with the frustration from their nice, happy child who is getting to take this at their pace, but quite often the parents don't feel that way. So I do a lot of work with the parents as well on their mindset and the background trauma and why we're doing this and why it's so important and the end goals so that they don't undo all the hard work of the children as well. That's really cool I love that and so how so I mean obviously I, I work a lot with pushing the comfort zone and finding the edges of the learning zone and making sure they don't get out to panic and if they do they dip to turn and come back and you know knowing all of that. How on earth do you work that out with a child because at least I can talk through that concept with an adult they can understand it as a concept, we can work on it, we can make it relevant to them. How on earth do you find out if actually you're pushing that child? Or, and I, mean, I suppose this is a children question generally, isn't it really? How do you know if you're pushing that child with your goal in mind or whether actually they are happily doing whatever it is that you're asking them to do? Quite often, because kids are so honest, that really helps. Because you can usually gauge by their reaction if they're having a jokey, Haha, I don't really like this, or if they're genuinely worried, if they're genuinely fearful. And a lot of the stuff we do, we do through watching videos or stories or on the ground first, because you can gauge by their own reactions, actually at what point they're starting to feel uncomfortable even talking about things, which gives you a really good indicator for their riding. And um, they also get like a little journal to fill in, so they'll fill in if they're riding and I'm not there, or even sometimes we get children who actually need help on the ground. It's not written stuff, it's on the ground stuff. We'll ask them to fill in, you know, on a scale of one to ten. How did this feel? What were your favourite bits? Which bits made you feel scared? Which bits made you feel sad? How did that feel in your body? We do a lot of that sort of stuff. Because sometimes, actually, when they're saying they're really scared, they're not. They're just a little bit nervous and it's working past those nerves. Or actually, 
it's not, it's excitement and they're quite enjoying doing stuff. But because of how they're conditioned almost, they're thinking that it's nerves and they're thinking that they're scared and it's just looking at different mindset tweaks. So it's a very similar process, just in a slightly different way. I love that. I don't think I'm going to have to bring some of your kiddie stuff into mine to make it even more fun as well, because, you know, everyone thinks mindset's this serious thing. And I mean, yeah, OK, there's a serious element to it. But actually, you know, I try and make my sessions a bit of fun and we have a bit of a laugh and a joke about stuff. And we lift, you know, we lift it so it's not like, oh, deadly serious and what have you, because actually that in doing that, it helps people to process, doesn't it? And I love that with the kids that you do that kind of stuff as well. And you know, and it's a, it's very similar, isn't it? The kind of things that you do, um, but you've just got this honest little child. And do you know what I love? I love the fact that you are teaching them it's okay to have feelings at that age. You know, like you're allowed to have all the different feelings that you're going to have, and that's all right. Because as, as adults, most people get to me at the point where they they've kept them in a bottle for so long tried to shove them in a box that the lids flipping coming popping off because it's so full of stuff they haven't dealt with because because like you say we're conditioned we're not allowed to be angry we're not allowed to be sad we're not allowed to be upset we're not allowed to be nervous we're not allowed to be fearful you know we're not allowed to be anxious and all of those things actually get worse when you don't allow them than when you just go oh I'm feeling a bit nervous right now actually oh that'll pass that's okay it's not a problem isn't it so what do you find then in allowing kids to process that stuff makes the difference for them just the fact that they recognise it, because quite often, whether it's a younger child or an older child, we have like these handful of emotions and everything seems to slot into that emotion. And that's not the case, actually, when you look at the huge range of emotions that we do have as humans, the range that they know and the range that they will automatically go to isn't what it actually is half the time. It's like there are so many kids at the minute in lockdown going, I'm hungry. You're not hungry, you're bored. You just don't realise that you're bored. <laughs> The number of times I said I think I might I might be doing that one actually, to I'm be honest with you. It's <laughs> my little inner child, they're going, I need chocolate. No, you don't, you just need something in your hand right now. That's what it actually is. Go yeah. and eat something, go and get a carrot. <laughs> but it's really useful to be able to teach kids that actually there's other emotions and they're okay and they will pass. And it's more about the toolkit to use for those as well. Because actually Putting writing aside and horses aside, they're going to feel those emotions so many times throughout their teenage years and adulthood. And actually, they've got the ability and skill to recognise those emotions and the tools to deal with them and know that actually, even if they're having a bad day or a bad week, it will pass and they can work through that. I think that's really important, whether it's with horses or not with horses. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love the fact that if we can build our kids to be resilient and understanding of emotion, and that's all it is, it's a feeling, it comes and goes then we're going to end up with a lot less of, I think, what we're seeing in a lot of teenagers and young adults now, which is this anxiety thing where, you know, they say, I've got depression, I've got anxiety, I'm, I, you know, my anxiety, my depression, then they label themselves. It's almost become, dare I say it, in my opinion, fashionable is maybe a bit of a strong word, but it's almost a bit like, because it's talked about so much on mental health and this, that and the other, it's, you know, I know of a few teenagers at the moment that say, oh yeah, you know, my anxiety. And I'm like, you're not, you haven't got anxiety. You just feel anxious, you're a teenager. But you're going to feel anxious. There's a lot of changes going on. There's a lot of things going on for you that you don't understand and can't process. But because you haven't been taught to just go, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious right now. That's not ideal, is it? I don't really like it very much, but that's okay. It's because of these things, perhaps. It will pass. It gets labelled and boxed up into this thing that you then own. Yeah. And I think it's easier that way, isn't it, for some people? You know, they've got that label. You know, going back to sort of my eldest again, he does genuinely suffer with anxiety. 
But the number of kids that he's at college with and went to high school with that have anxiety, have depression, have mental health problems, and some of them genuinely do, but some of them actually have just been given a label because it's easier giving them a label than being able to help them to learn the tools, to work through it, and give them the time that they need to work through it. It's easier just to put a label on it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm not saying it's not a thing. Of course, it's a thing. It's just I think it's become a thing for more people than it really is. Definitely. Cool. So, wow, we've covered a lot of different things, haven't we? Um, we went from beautiful homeware to um, people with anxiety. It's just, just amazing, isn't it, what you can cover in <laughs> Is there anything that you particularly wanted to tell people about, talk to people about or cover off that's maybe your passion or, you know, because I know we said we said something about we're going to talk about trusting in others. And we haven't really covered that, like, because when we were talking about the kind of things we could discuss, that was something that you said. So maybe that's something that you can tell us a bit about as to why you thought, oh, that would be an interesting thing to talk about. It was just around sort of the mental health and also the well-being things that we keep touching on. And all the mindset stuff was just to make sure you've got a tribe around you who are people you can rely on. Because quite often, you know, we can end up in this little insular bubble where we see the same people all the time because it's sort of day in, day out, a lot of the same stuff. You know, we're at home with our kids and our partner and all that sort of thing. And it's just really important to have those people there that you can go and have a wind at who will let you get it off your chest and who will put that back to you in a much more structured way so you can work through things and um, so I know quite often if I go and tell my hubby about any issues he's great but the way he phrases it back to me just grates on me and it doesn't work <laughs> and it ends up with me then in the worst mood but actually I've got some friends then who are brilliant and I can go and sort of just spout off loads of random stuff at them and if they hear this they will know exactly which ones they are <laughs> And they will frame it back to me in a way that makes sense. And it really helps me get my mindset around stuff. So they will come back and go, right, you said this, but what about this? And had you thought about it in this way? And it's really important to have people around you that you can trust, that you can build those relationships with, that you can just sound off on. And also just to have that community around you. So when you do feel a bad day, when you do have a bad week, if you're building a business, something a lot something, just to have that community there that you know you can go to and you can chat with and just help so you've got someone there to talk to you because I think quite often we're told it's bad to talk and you shouldn't share all the stuff that's going on and you shouldn't ask for people's help and it's so important that you do even over the silly little things especially the silly little things because they're the things that really build and I think quite often so many people are told to just doesn't matter it's you know one of those little trivial things and there's much more important stuff in life but actually if it's important to you it's important and that's actually really key right now as well isn't it that um because we physically can't see people having your people around you that because you're most influenced by the five people you spend the most time with um and you know if you can if you can influence who those five people are um at the moment you're probably being forced to spend time with five people that you know but if you can go and find the five others that you you can you know get to know and, and um you know from a community perspective it, it can be quite easy sometimes as an entrepreneur to be a bit of an island and to kind of be a bit on your own and you're trying to juggle all these busy things and to have a group of people around you that go actually yeah I felt that before here's some cool stuff or that's totally normal don't worry it'll pass or no you're not mad actually it just is the way it is it's just so helpful for you to go oh yeah I think I'll stop beating myself up about that now then and just accept it's part of the course or it'll pass or actually get some help and advice on what to do about it from fresh eyes that aren't involved in your life 
Exactly. I think so much with social media, everything looks perfect. And if you've got a business, you've got, to an extent, an image to portray. You know, I am quite open and honest in my Instagram stories. I spend a lot more time on Instagram for both my businesses than I do on Facebook. And I am quite open and honest in my Instagram stories. Anyone who saw my one on the Rider Conference page today will have seen me being mauled by my very badly mannered ponies because they thought my daughter was there and she's taken to feeding them every day during lockdown and me getting nicked. <laughs> but I am quite honest with the fact that actually some days I will come on and I will look like a scrub. I've done quite well today. I have hair and makeup done. <laughs> you know, I am quite honest with it, but it's very hard to go online and see, you know, you see all the perfect happy families and they all look immaculate and the homes are gorgeous and tidy and, you know, mine looks like a bomb dropped 99% of the time. <laughs> But, you know, you don't see the real life. And I think quite often we get quite sucked into that whole beautiful Instagram feed, nice Pinterest homes, and you almost feel inferior. You feel like you're not doing a good enough job. You know, the dog barking constantly, you know, when everyone else is just seems to sit there for those gorgeous pictures that we keep seeing. You know, mine totally invaded alive. The other week I was sat in the garden thinking it would be really quiet. It was one place I had no kids. And the dog ran out and went absolutely berserker, cat down the road. <laughs> it never does that. But actually, you know what? I got a couple of comments afterwards saying it just, they liked it because it was real life. And I think sometimes just remember that the stuff you see on social media is not real because it could make you feel really bad. No, definitely. And, and one of the phrases that I love from that is just remember you're always comparing um, someone's showreel to your behind the scenes. Always, yeah. you know. And, and the thing I would say is if you find yourself comparing, the way to flip it is to say, what do I find inspiring about them? And, you know, obviously, if you're if you're comparing and you find yourself a bit jealous, it's because they've got something you want. And so if you, it's something you want, you don't have, you've got to think, well, what is it they've got that I want? And how can I find a way of getting it? What, you know, what can I find out from them that will inspire me to be like them as opposed to thinking I'm not good enough because I'm not like them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love that. Cool. Okay, so yeah, your 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 tribe around you is so important, isn't it? And you know the people you surround yourself with, and being able to be real, and you know, like just well, if you've ever watched any of my Q and As, I've gone from everything from you know full makeup because I fancied it that day to a baseball cap because my hair was so disgusting you could put chips in it, you know, like just is what it is really. And and I think when people realise that we're all human, that, yeah. you know, that even the queen poops, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Cool okay so thank you so much we've covered so many really fascinating things um if people want to get a hold of you about the children's confidence what's the best way of them contacting you because there'll probably be some people so, that go, oh, wow. get over to my instagram page i am on facebook as well but i do spend more time on instagram so it's yeah. nurtured by nags nurtured by nags by nags and there's a new children's confidence membership launching Fingers crossed bhs's second announcement comes out good on wednesday because we're working so many instructors and um, so I've got to wait for them to be back. So you think of course Wednesday on Instagram, I'll be able to make an announcement when that'll be going live. Cool. So that's the, so if you've got a kid and you feel like they need a bit of confidence help, you, you, people come and ask me and I go, uh, children. Uh, but it's great because now I can refer them to you, which is fabulous. Um, and Red Bear, how yes, do they? Have... Back over on Instagram, but we are on Facebook as well. And it's Red Bear Equestrian. Fingers crossed all being well with manufacturers. Um, we should be launching towards the end of this month. 
So that's very exciting. So just quickly before we go, then, what's your absolute favourite product on Red Bear at the moment that you would say your favourite? We favorite? have the most amazing hoodie coming out. I am really excited. Um, two things, actually. One of them is the hoodie, because I bought a particular hoodie about six years ago at a horse show. Wore it to death, and I've never been able to find one. And then I saw a company doing them, but I'd already planned to do them, so I couldn't buy from them. I've had to stay loyal to my own, so I'm so excited to get hold of it it's really warm it's super cozy i would be quite happy to install in it but i will definitely ride in it so yeah i am very excited for that and i can get it on under my coat without feeling like literally mad <laughs> and the other thing is a base layer we're going to be doing a really really cool base layer i'm really excited for that i have only discovered base layers since getting onto instagram <laughs> my riding fashion was not what it was until i hit instagram and, now, and they're amazing they're so comfortable to ride in so i have a whole range now um, but I have got the most beautiful base layer, which I've just signed off this morning. So it is in manufacturing production as we speak. So those are my two clothing ones. So it's a very cool necklace rising knife. Loving it as well. Um, and I've got a product one downstairs in the office and I can't wear it because I can't let anyone see it yet. Um, and homeware. I have just agreed a really cool cushion design. And I'm not usually one for cushions. But I love this one and I think I'll get away with it in the house, even though it's equestrian. <laughs> it's like a subtle equestrian. Maybe. We like a bit of subtle equestrian. I like that. <laughs> I like that. A lot of the stuff that I buy to do my speaker stuff and um, presenting on, if I'm not doing horsey speaker, I'm doing more yeah. motivational stuff like that. There'll be a little subtler question in yeah. there somewhere, like a, a snaffle on a shirt or something, you know, like a horseshoe on a yeah. necklace or something. So there's always and the pearls. There's always a little subtler question in there that I know, or the, the boots, you know, Mum Fairfax yeah. and Favors and things like that. So uh, if you're horsey, you'll go, ah. I know what that is but if you're not it's totally normal so yeah love it wow i can't wait for some of that stuff to come out then that sounds amazing so um we'll know it's come live because no doubt you'll be plastering it over instagram and we'll know that it's ready to go definitely and there's going to be some pre-order offers discounts freebies um coming up running up the week before we launch as well but you need to be on instagram because those will only be on instagram We've had a few polls running as to what people want. So there's going to be a couple of different ones. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, if you ever had a reason to go on Instagram, that's got to be it now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hayley. It's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and your tips and your inspiration to others and hopefully anyone who's thinking of starting a business out there and, and doing what they love because, you know, yet another person that's proof that just do it. Like, honestly, what are you doing in the daily grind? Get out of that and do what you love instead. Definitely. You might as well put your energy into something that you actually enjoy, really, hadn't you? Get you out of bed on the morning. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I can just imagine you jumping out of bed early in the morning to go and look at this necklace <laughs> or this cushion cover. It sounds amazing. So thank you so much, Hayley. We're going to finish up now. But um, if you want to get in touch with Hayley, then you can on Instagram and on Facebook. Go check her out. And uh, we'll speak soon. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening in to our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? Who got this? You know you